Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast number seven. I'm Mel. I'm Katie. And we're your hosts. Each week we watch a movie and sit down here to chat about it. This week we've watched Monsters University, directed by Dan Scanlon and put together by the creative talents at Pixar, starring the voices of Billy Crystal, John Goodman, and a cast of thousands. It's out in cinemas right now, and so if you haven't seen it and you don't want to be spoiled, turn back. Just a quick brief uh, plot summary of Monsters University. It's a prequel to Monsters, Inc., which came out... 2004? I don't know, sometime in the mid-2000s? Katie doesn't know either. (laughs) So it tells the story of uh, how our protagonist from that film, James P. Sully Sullivan, and Mike Wazowski met and became friends in their college days. It's told from the perspective of Mike, a nerdy little eye with big ambitions to become a scarer. When they get to college, it's as if Hermione Granger met Draco Malfoy. Mike works really, really hard to learn everything he can, but has trouble getting people to take him seriously. Sully thinks he can just waltz through college based on his family name. Both of them get into trouble through this approach and learn the hard way to work together as they lead a team of misfits in the scare games. Draco Malfoy, really? Yeah, well, it's better than... It wasn't really Ron. No, he wasn't really Ron, because Ron couldn't really skate through on the Weasley family name. But, no. um, I don't know, Draco Malfoy seems like a stretch. Sully's yeah. not really that Malfoyish. No, he's not d- deliberately evil, he's just kind of entitled. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No, he's, no. he's just an entitled jerk. Yeah, I, a, know. You know. I just threw that in to get, <laughs> get a reaction out of you. Oh, okay. Uh, Monsters, Inc. came out in 2001. Just in case anybody was wondering. So it's been a good Gosh, 12 years. That is so, I saw that at the movies when it came out. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw it at the movies when it came out. But I think I got more excited about it afterwards um, mm. because I used to work in childcare and with kids a lot. I have seen Monsters, Inc. a lot of times. It is one of my favorite Pixar movies. So, you know, whenever I got a say in what movie we watched, I would often choose this one. And um, Sully has always reminded me of one of my best friends. There's just something about the way that he talks and the things that he says and the things, the way that he walks and stuff that reminds me of him. So I think well, and I, I can get behind that, but I'm not sure that the rest of our podcast listeners actually know who we're talking about. So I don't think that's that important. He just no, reminds me of a friend of mine. Um, and I was a little bit... I was a little bit nervous about seeing this because I haven't seen Cars 2, but I've heard it's awful. And um, uh, eh. kids seem to like it, but that's not... I Always an indication of quality. I saw Cars 2 and didn't hate it. But I think the problem thing with Cars is the uh, is that um, Cars now has a land at Disneyland and I and Cars, the franchise, is now all caught up in the magnificence that is Disney's Cars land for me. So, oh, okay. Which might be the case again for little kids. Oh, I don't know. I, I yeah. haven't seen it. Um, I, I didn't, the Toy Story sequels are good. Are great, yeah. Uh, but then it's interesting trying to make a prequel because you kind of know what's mm. going to happen. So you kind of know where these characters are going. It's fun to go on the journey with them, but you know when Sully and Mike initially meet and they don't like each other that they're going to end up liking each other. So what you're yeah. watching is how that ends up happening. You're, you're um, watching a, it's like watching a romantic comedy, really. Yeah. yeah. But there's also the fact that you basically know that anyway. I mean, if you went to see this movie without knowing they were end up going to be end up being best friends you'd still probably be able to figure that out from the clues they give you yeah um and the character archetypes and all of that sort of stuff um uh-huh. which is one of the things i think the movie did really cleverly was make all of these sort of college archetypes that you would see at university um and make them into monsters yeah it was cute um Very i cute. i really love this whole universe um i really like sort of the the creativity that goes into it because i love the all the monster designs and Mm. stuff there's some really really interesting ones um especially um helen mirren's character in this dean hardscrabble who's like this this 
dragon centipede monster? dragon cross thing. Yeah, she's and she looks monster. fantastic. I actually thought it was really clever when you first see the um like the scare department building. Mm. It looks like a monster. It's got this big mouth with teeth, and then the the um trees are growing around it to look like a big tail. And it's got it's very clever. I don't know if you saw like all of the architecture in this movie is sort of designed that way. Yeah, it's all like there's teeth and horns on the buildings, and there's all these little um subtle things like the cars look different and all that sort of stuff that's just it immerses you in this like slightly alternate reality place where everybody is monsters yeah. so everybody everything is a little bit different but mm-hmm. you know still recognizable and um i thought this movie looked beautiful it, it really did yeah it did look great although we saw it in 3d and i don't think the 3d was really added anything um i don't know i didn't mind it sometimes i strongly dislike 3D. i didn't i didn't dislike it i just it was one of those cases where i forgot that i was watching a 3d movie yeah until I th- about i knocked my glasses or something and i, I think like, oh, there right, are a couple of spots where i actually really know like there's a there's a really lovely crowd scene at the university or like not a crowd scene when they're all outside on the first day mm. and it sort of has this overhead sweeping shot that yep. looked really pretty and it i think the 3d added a bit of depth yeah other okay. than that no not really yeah, it didn't really do much actually those crowd scenes were all really well done because i don't know if you noticed but the crowd monsters were all one of five colors they're only in five different colors okay. and it always looked really good because it was just like five sort of slightly pastely um, matching colours in the oh. scene. Yeah, it was just kind of a neat little touch. Yeah, Um. so there's there's a whole bunch of different characters in this. I mean, there's really a lot of characters in this one. Mm. Um, you've got um, the, this initial setup is that um, Sully and Mike um, want to be the top scarer. They both go into the scaring program right. at want and want really badly to – become a scarer so and be really good at it and and uh dean hardscrabble helen mirren comes into their first class and says um at the end of the semester there'll be a test if you don't pass it you're out of the program so um initially i mean right off the bat they're sort of given this this um competition that they think they're in only against each other Mm. um and so and because of their initial you know dislike for each other they start fighting you've got um mike who had to fight for everything and work really hard but isn't really scary and then sully who's just naturally scary but never had to work for anything in his life yeah um and so that's basically the the um conflict you have and i like that there are a couple of sort of bad guys in this Mm. um nathan fillion is pretty much just a jerk he is the leader of the frat boy yeah leader. leader of a frat and he's he's wonderfully voiced and hilarious but a jerk and then dean hardscrabble isn't really evil actually she reminds me of mcgonagall yeah well she's not at all exactly i kept getting mixed up because helen mirren and maggie smith i get mixed up anyway i know there's like a 20 year age difference i really i'm really sorry and country difference and uh not from different countries yeah they are no. Um, um, Maggie Smith. Oh, no, she isn't. She's not She's Scottish. English. Duh. Duh. I'm <laughs> thinking. Um, but I get them mixed up a little, even though obviously there's quite a, an age gap and stuff between them. But, you know, like scary old English matrons. Yeah. Yeah, so she, she, she's fantastically voiced by Helen Mirren in, in full-on scary mode. Yeah, but, I, yeah, she's, I mean. But she's not a, she's not the, she's not a bad guy. Not no. at all. She's, she, a, she's an antagonist to our leads. Yeah. She's uh she's interesting because she's sort of the reality check I think for them. Yeah. Um, which they needed because they were both kind of jerks. I know Mike right. is 
the good guy. And I really like that this story is told from Mike's perspective because really mm. the first one is Sully's story so the first with one is, Mike okay. as the sidekick. So I have never worked in childcare, so I don't, I'm don't. i not sure I've seen this. I think I saw it when it came out and maybe a couple times on DVD. So, it, yeah, it's not that fresh in my mind. Okay, yeah. So the first one is really – it's really Mike's story. Yeah, that's what I um, And it's about um, – I really like the message of the first one because it's sort of about um, – about fears of the unknown and, and yeah, how the unknown cool. isn't as scary as what you think. Yes. Yeah, um, which is brilliant and so cleverly told, you know, from the monster's perspective mm. and things. Um, and then this one is really the story of Mike and, and, and being able to not so much realize your dreams, but come at them from a different perspective. Yeah, well, it's, which it's is a nice. good lesson about resilience and, um, perseverance and that kind of stuff. It's yeah. that it, you might not necessarily, no matter how, much hot stuff you think you are you might not necessarily get there the first time and you might need to work at it and try a different different tack on things yeah and it's also about um one of my favorite messages um which is a bit depressing but one of my favorite messages is is that you have to compromise in life that you aren't always going to get your dreams and maybe it's just because they don't suit you that well or you thought that you were you were suited to this and you aren't but Mm. then you'll find something else that you like just as much and you can try that instead which is one of my favorite sort of they do kind of get their dreams though they just have to go at it in a different way well yeah but mike doesn't i mean mike clearly doesn't because his dream was to be a scarer ever since he was a little boy he wanted to be scary and mike never becomes scary ever no he doesn't become scary but he gets to become scarer we know he becomes a scarer yes well no he doesn't he's not a scarer mike isn't a scarer he's the support team for sully he is the one who basically does what he does in this movie well then i have just had a whole different perspective put on this (laughs) i don't like i'm supposed to know every bloody detail of the first i thought he was a scarer with mike no, with he's Sully. Not. Sorry. Oh, okay. Well, that's and then very at the end of the movie, he it. becomes funny. Like they they oh. they discover that um children's laughs are more um effective at powering their world than oh, than screens. That's and right. so they switch so they switch message. places, and yeah. then Mike becomes like the mm. lead comedian guy, mm-hmm. and Sully, Sully is, is his, his support. support. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cool. It's uh, but um oh, yeah, okay. the, this right. one is. But I I really like that message that message no. is one that i think maybe it's just because of my personal background but it's one that speaks to me well, where you just don't it speaks to any adult yeah because um i mean it, it um i noticed that the screenings have been quite full of and i've been hearing from other people screenings are quite full of teenagers who mm. would have seen this when they were little, little kids mm. so at that age um that that message might just go over your head because when you're 19 you don't have any doubt that you'll achieve your dreams somehow mm. but when you watch it, it's a bit like gatsby when you watch it at 30 you might be like maybe that's a little yeah no you you, you might have seen a bit more of life and realized that perhaps it's not always the best thing in the world to get that dream that maybe yeah. sometimes you want to take a different path you might not get there but you'll still find something that really suits you and that you fit with yeah i i really like that kind yeah. of message i think it was a little labored in this it didn't come as naturally as the first one no. which just has this really light touch this one was a little more forced i think um I, it took me a while to warm up to it. And I don't know that I really did until they came into the human world. Um, and there's this wonderful, like, scary, tense scene in the human world. And that was where it sort of, like, the movie kind of came to life for me. That's so well done, that scene. It was amazing. It's like, it's this awesome, scary movie scene told from the perspective of the monsters trying to do the scary. And of course, so cool. And it looks. mm. Because it shows up Mike Wazowski's smarts in being scary yeah. in that he, he's not ever going to be the guy who gives a big roar, mm. but he's really good at doing things like making the curtains move, moving yeah. the toys around. They, they're kind of 
spooky, uh, making your imagination scare you kind of stuff. Yeah, well, very that's clever the little scene. The second message about teamwork, where yeah. like they need both of their ideas to be really to good scares. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that the teamwork message also feels kind of laboured, especially with the um the team that they're given, mm-hmm. um, because they end up joining this frat. Um, this fraternity that is sort of like the jokes or the nerds. It's kind of a Revenge of the Nerds sub-storyline yep. going on over there. And there was one that I really liked. There's a character called Art who's a New Age philosophy student. Yes. And he cracks me up. I thought he was hilarious. He's voiced by Charlie Day. And uh, um, there's a couple of his lines that just had me like in tears laughing so hard. But the others kind of didn't didn't really contribute that much and didn't really no, gel to me. They were, um, they, yeah, they were, they were just a little bit of very light comic relief, background noise almost. Yeah. And it's like, it's sort of like this, they're, they're part of the message, but I didn't think they were all that necessary. Um, and yeah. I didn't really connect with that part of the story that much, even though they look great um, and there's some really cute and funny things, but it just doesn't, they're, they're just sort of there to, um, to hold Mike and Sully back and then teach them the lesson that they the, need to learn. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. and that's it. They're not really there to do anything else. So mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't really like that aspect of it that much either. Mm. Yeah, I was. You know, I guess I didn't really think that hard about it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I thought they were fine. Um, in doing a particular job that they had to do. Mm. But of course, they, for me, underscored my big giant problem with this whole movie, which is the lack of girls mm. and Pixar. For goodness sake, like, I don't even understand. They made a princess movie and they actually made a good princess movie. Like, uh, Brave on first viewing, I was like, what? What did they do? Because I was coming at it from the the uh, view of it being a new Pixar movie. Mm. Uh, but then I, um, on second viewing, I've actually come around a little bit on Brave and thought, and I've, I've come to realize that it's actually an excellent princess movie, mm. if that's what you're taking it as. But Pixar knows they have a problem with women. And yet we made a movie where we've got, I think, three women characters. The Dean, mm-hmm. who's kind of the antagonist. We have the host, played by Aubrey Plaza, the host of the mm-hmm. uh, Greek games. And then we have one of the frat boys' mums. She's like mm. the house mum, who's very much a, a supporting role to this little team. They're, te- they're chief cheerleader. Anyway, there's just a significant lack of women in any kind of speaking roles. And, I, and now... And Roz, Roz makes a very brief appearance. Uh, Roz is from the it, from the first movie, and she's yeah. turns out to be the head of the whole organization. But she, uh, they okay, start yeah. you start out thinking she's a secretary, right? Um, and there's this moment oh, she, where the yeah, you know she the has yellow one line. Though. I know it, it's it's Hardly. not so much for her being a role in the movie as like a nod yeah. to the first one, which so, there are a couple of really cute little nods. Now to the, first the, pre- one. the premise of these scare games that they're in is that you compete as a fraternity or a sorority. I mm-hmm. get that. So of course fraternities are all male and sororities are all female. But that's kind of a flimsy excuse for not really having any women in the team. Yeah. Yeah. I felt it just really made me mad. I was watching it and watching it. I'm like, there's just no girls. None of them. There are there was they were competing against other all girl teams from various sororities. Yeah, and there's like this tokenism with um the scarers as well because a couple of the scarers are girls, but you only see them and hear them name checked. There yeah. are a couple of they never like, have any serious lines or they never no. have any any role to play. No, and the the all girl teams don't either. There's a, a team of girls with like the 
glowering eyes. Yeah, the and cheerleaders the who cheerleader, I they also like, reminded me of Harry Potter because I thought they were like Vila. Yeah, exactly. They were very. I, I thought the same thing. <laughs> yeah, so there were them, and there was a team of what looked like Derby girls. Yeah, um, who, Ada Hiss Hiss, who were my favourites in the movie. Every seemed, time they showed up, they I was like, yes, I want to be in that house. They, they could have been great. I I don't know, but. I want to see a movie about them. Because there weren't any girls in the movie. Like, not even one girl in the team. Just mum who washes the jerseys and cheers on from the sidelines. And listens to to her tunes. Disappointing. Mm. Just bothered me. I know. No, it bothers me too. I just feel like they could do better. Yeah. It's just a disappointment. They can do better. And and they know they, that they have this problem and they know that they need to c- recover from it. And what they what they do instead is basically make what is essentially a really, really good Disney movie, but a mediocre Pixar movie in Brave is how I kind of view oh, it. Oh, yeah. No, like, it, exactly. It is, it's a great princess you movie, said. but mm, as a Pixar movie, nah. But yeah. as, a, as a Disney princess movie, fantastic, top notch, best one they've done. Yeah, so you know, if you mm. look at it from the, that's yeah. how I that's how I reviewed it actually. When I was doing my review, I was like, well, as a Disney movie, it's fantastic. As a Disney yeah. movie, it has all these great ideas. As a Pixar movie, it's really disappointing because mm. it just goes into the Disney sort yeah. of framework. And this- um, and Pixar is great because they don't fit into that framework because yeah. their storytelling has always been so good and so uh, you care so much and it's so interesting. But mm. I still think the most interesting female character they've had in any. Um, Pixar movie aside from Brave is um, Ellen DeGeneres. Dory. Uh, Dory. Yes. Yeah. Dory's the best female character they've got. Yeah. And, th- and that's it. And so as far as Pixar movies go, I think well, I think we're all pretty much in agreement that Pixar is no longer like the, the golden touch that they once were. No. Yeah. Um, this is still a very good, fun movie, though. I'm not, yeah, and not beautiful. And gorgeous. And obviously they've put... Sully's hair is so soft and yeah. they want to touch it. They've put a lot of time into these visuals and these, and as, particularly after, if you only compare it with the movie that's now twelve years old, that mm. it's it's the prequel for. It's absolutely gorgeous, but again, it's I liked it, but I didn't. It's not like um, it's, it's not like Finding Nemo, which I've watched hundreds and hundreds of times, and will watch hundreds more. Well, I feel like they sort of reached the pinnacle of all that with Up, because Up was like completely off the wall sort of storytelling, um, very strange ideas yep. and and it had a first 10 minutes that just made the whole audience cry oh, it was um, but it's it's a great movie um again whenever i watch up i'm like can't i watch the story of ellie instead of carl she's awesome mm-hmm. but um yeah up is amazing but that's sort of they got there and then it, since then it's been like lackluster movies and sequels um, uh, Toy Story three being the exception Toy Story three was a sequel but it was a, yeah it was a sequel and it, but it was excellent Yes, it's a good movie. It yeah. is a sequel. I think I'm like the only person in the world who doesn't like Toy Story 3 better than Toy Story. But Oh, okay. Um, I can't, I'm having trouble. No. I have seen Toy Story 1 and 2 fairly recently. Like I watched, I think I watched one on a plane mm. before the third one came out. But the third one actually makes me cry. And I do not cry very much in movies. But that, that yeah. one just gets me and I'm just... Bold. I heard that from so many people and I was like, it was good. It didn't really make me cry. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what it is about my perspective on that movie that doesn't. I think for me it was the uh, putting away of childish things stuff, the yeah, moving out of your childhood home for the last time, that kind of stuff that got me. But oh. I don't know if that's the same for Oh, Again, that's an ad- very much an adult perspective. Yeah. As a kid watching it, you'd be like, it wouldn't even, it would just pass you by. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, yeah. I'd never had. Anyway, it's not Doesn't about matter. whether or not I had the same connection to Toy Story. Um, I'm because Monsters Inc. Like I said, that was my favorite. I mean, that was so much fun, and I like I enjoy all the characters, it, and they're funny. And 
I just I like the older style of storytelling as well. That there was a simplicity to the earlier Pixar movies that was just very like they had one idea and and then they had these wonderful characters and all this sort of stuff mm. that grew out of this one idea. Um, I know that in the beginning it was all sort of male buddy stuff, but it's still like that's this, what it is in this film. I know, but it's still this very basic storytelling, and I think this was right. more. This didn't have that. It was laboured. It was hard. It was, there was hard to get to the on. message. Yeah, yeah, there were there were probably two or three different subplots going on at yeah. one time, and yeah, and uh, and instead of having like the really light comic touches that everybody enjoys, it had these moments that I think were very kiddish like young moments there's a rhyming joke at the beginning like the, when when they have the mm. um his first orientation day everything rhymes with day oh yeah that's really it's stupid, a really odd really dumb joke. joke but it isn't it isn't i don't think it's a dumb joke i think it's a young joke kids oh. would love it oh okay um i think kids would go oh it all rhymes and it's very sweet and i think yeah. it would work well in a movie that was really aimed at kids it's strange to have a college movie aimed well, at this kids. was yeah again i read your review and that was the thing that i was like yeah that stood out to me as well particularly while i was watching it because kids have got no fr- kids aren't old enough to have watched any college movies yeah so they won't have any fr- – like, I have a frame of reference for fraternities and jocks and whatnot because I've watched American college movies because you and I both went to college in Australia and we don't have any of that crap yeah. here. But we have, So we have a frame of reference from other movies and TV shows. But if you're five, you don't have that. I know. And I guess that's what all those jokes are for. But I don't yeah. – I hate the um, the old – that's like the Shrek-style separation of young jokes and old jokes, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't like that. I like movies that are made for everybody and can be enjoyed by everybody, not movies that are made for kids and for adults. Yeah, like Monsters, Inc. and Nemo and Toy Story. Yeah, exactly. Those are the ones that are made for everybody. Yeah. Um, and and um, I actually think – um, recently, Wreck-It Ralph has been really, really good. Wreck-It Ralph and is Wreck-It Ralph yeah. is not Pixar, but I think it's Disney, though? It is Disney animation. Yeah, and yeah. not and Pixar, but it seems like everybody else is catching up to Pixar now. Um, Definitely. I also wanted to talk a little bit about the short at the beginning. Oh, yeah, that was quite a cute little short. Um, I am sick of that story. The, the short <laughs> is basically there's a little cute blue umbrella and it's a boy and it falls in love with a little red umbrella that's a girl and then it tries to find her and it blows away in the wind and it gets hit by a car and then it meets up with her in the end. Um, it looks incredible. It looks it amazing. gorgeous. I mean, just amazing looking. Mm. I'm so sick of that story. Did you go see – what was Paper Man the – there was um there was a movie it was it Wreck Ralph something like that had yeah. a little short before it called Paper Man. Paper Man is about a man who meets a girl at a train station oh, and yeah, then yeah, there's yeah. all these little paper airplanes that he flies at her yeah, and none of them one. get to her and then they all take him and they get him to meet yeah. her. It it it's the same story. Right. I'm so so sick of that story. Yeah. I want a different story. I'm I don't I'm not interested anymore in some guy every man type guy who meets this cute girl who does nothing she just sort of stands there and is pretty and then he mm. you know goes to the ends of the earth to try and get this cute girl's attention because it's mm. so hard to get girls attention i'm sick of this story yeah i have to say i it threw me off this short because i saw the umbrella and i saw the little gumboots and i just assumed it was a female character and i was completely <laughs> I, I, this is what it must feel like to be a man when you suddenly what you realize you're watching a girl, like because because you know I I just in my head this was a universal experience this was my experience this was a girl and then it met this other umbrella and I'm like oh is this where we're going boring, but uh, yeah so probably the only notable thing about this short is that it was actually pitched by some random Joe who works at Pixar like okay. it wasn't um 
it wasn't one of the t- the big creative team that came up with this. It was just some person who worked at Pixar who had this idea and and, and put a pitch up for it and it, it got made, which is kind of a sweet thing to do for it Pixar. It is a sweet idea, but it, it yeah, seems like... But the story is is not that interesting. The most interesting thing, I think, about the visuals of the film itself are some of the really cool little visuals where all the little um, – the, where they really use the landscape of the rainy yeah. street and you see like uh, drain pipes with a smiley face and tra- traffic signs. And, and the best one, smile. which is like a train tunnel that uh, looks really shocked. Yeah. That's yeah. really funny. Um, yeah, does some really and cute the- stuff with the architecture of the city and the um, – the acoustics and feel of a rainy day. Yes, the and the water looks is, pretty. The story itself is, is boring. Is um, both in both that and in um, in the movie. There's a beautiful lake scene in the movie, um, oh, yeah. and the water looks really beautiful and really natural. And that's something that hasn't always been the case. Um, so that's quite impressive. Yeah, um, some, like, some of that stuff is amazing. All of it visually is just. There are a couple of shots that I was just like, oh my god, that's amazing. And just watching Sully's fur. Yeah, and um, apparently. Uh, we were told just before we went in, this one is the first Pixar film where the shadows didn't have to all be done by hand. Yeah, they there's had a, new a different lighting, lighting technique. technology in the way that they made it so that all the shadows actually line up properly in the ways mm. that they didn't before. So, yeah, looks looks amazing. They've clearly jumped ahead in leaps and bounds. Yeah, and it yeah, it's beautiful. It, it looks um, – I like that it, they're not trying too hard to make it look like, the, like real, yeah. but it still looks – really beautiful. Um, I think when they try too hard to make it look real, it gets into that creepy territory. Um, but yeah, yeah, the, the, it looks really amazing. Um, and, and, you know, having having said all that, I love these characters and I liked to see them and I like spending time with them. And I think that, that Mike and Sully's journeys are really true to the characters. Um, and I, I just think some of the, their, you know, epiphanies came a bit too conveniently and things. But but there was this, like, then you get to the end where they're friends and there's a little montage bit and you're like, yay, and you get that sort of, mm. you know, that great feeling where you're like, yay, look, it's Mike and Sully and they're working their way up through monsters. Yeah, they, they get a real – it's ra- rather an interesting kind of American dream thing where mm. they get kicked out of college and they work their way up from the mailroom yeah. into, onto the scare floor, which is kind of awesome. Yeah, it is really – and it, it, it's that message of, you know, not giving up. Not giving up, if being you want resilient, but being also, persistent. You know, being part of the team and mm-hmm. and not necessarily because Mike is never going to be scary, but he's found somebody who he can, yeah. you know, help, and they live out their dreams mm. together. That and sort he, of thing. He, yeah, that's right, exactly. Yeah. So it's it's good. It just felt a little bit too, like it was trying too hard. I yeah, think. I got that idea as well. I think I I was I was watching the credits and I um. It seems to me that Pixar is just so gigantic now as an organization. Like in the credits, there's a Pixar senior creative team and there's like six six guys under that. And then yeah. there's the Pixar senior leadership team, which you imagine runs the corporate side of the business. And to me, that just says, wow, this is such a big bureaucratic organization now. Yeah, and it's all the people that you know, um, all the familiar names yeah. that are the ones that are in that creative team. Senior so creative it, team, it, yeah. it seems like – that every time they've got a director who does really well, they just sort of push him up yeah. into the him. Oh, yeah, definitely him. Up no, no into, the, uh, um, into the creative, you know, department and mm. they stop making movies and then they'll bring up somebody else to actually mm. direct the movie, which is really odd. Right, and that's why I was um, – when I, when I did a little blurb at the start where we normally say this is blah, 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 film directed by blah, 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 I gave the director's name. Dan Scanlon. Dan, which is Dan Scanlon, but I also – and made by Pixar because – it doesn't 
Pixar movies are not really movies where it's all about the director. No. Um, it's not like that. But, yeah, I'm I getting the idea that Pixar is this big behemoth of an organization now. And so it's a lot harder for them to do that sort of whimsical stuff that they could do 12, 15 years ago. Yeah, it's it's a bit – I don't know what they can do to recapture that magic, no, but it's, it's not it's there at the moment. No, it's hard, of course, because, I mean – you know, they they are a big corporation, part of Disney and all that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I, I – More women. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> just just take that – Although j- the creative team on Brave was mostly women. It was, that's true. But Brave Brave was the exception to the rule and it was the one that was, like, not a Pixar movie, that felt like yeah. it wasn't a Pixar movie. But, yeah, more, more women, that would be great. And, and it's really simple to write women, just, you know, write people and make some of them female. I know, yeah. It's 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 really that's fine. Very that's all complex we need. idea. Yeah, yeah. Women's stories don't have to be. We would love to see a woman's story that's about two friends who go on an adventure together. Are you kidding? Like that would be fantastic. Yeah. I would love to watch one of these movies that's mm-hmm. a buddy female movie. You know, yeah. like just two female friends who, or two two women who don't particularly like each other, and then by the end of the story they do like each other. Like no. Wicked. Yes. Wicked is sort of the ultimate example of this, where it's a great story that's just about two women who become friends. Yeah. It's not the hardest thing in the world to do. Or um, these are kids' movies. Make your two buddies in the lead, a boy and a girl. They're four or five years old. It's fine. They can be best friends without any of the You can be best friends as adults being a boy and yeah, a girl. Yeah, well, I know, but they, they won't there won't be any of that complication or cultural baggage in there mm. but yeah it's goodness me or well just, they did that on nemo <laughs> yeah exactly it worked fine on nemo boy um, and a girl best friends traveling yeah it's so. it's just this baffling idea of how you know you have to write stories differently for women it's, you don't you, we you, like these stories we love these stories um we like but this is going into token, a different our stories are interesting and universal too yes and it, just because the story is about a girl and her mother doesn't mean that boys won't like it. Not well, if you tell yeah. it right. It's a uh, it. Well, that's sort of the same point I was trying to make, I suppose, but worded better. Is that like we we watch all these things? We watch sci-fi and buddy cop things and and all that sort of stuff. We we watch that and we like it and we enjoy it, mm-hmm. and not necessarily because the characters are men. We just like the story. Like that's kind of the universal yeah. stories that we're all interested in. So why not make these universal stories? And it's clear that Pixar has a talent for telling universal stories. Exactly. So help us out, guys. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I think we might um, wrap it up there and give our final verdict. Is there anything okay, else you sure. want to say before we wrap up? Not that I, think, I can think of. No, I think we've covered everything. Yeah. Um. So your verdict? Uh, I gave Monsters University, I keep calling it Monsters Inc., Monsters University three and a half out of five stars. I likewise gave it three and a half out of five stars. Yeah. Um, it was a good movie and enjoyable and, and you can have, take your kids to it and have a great time, but it, it isn't the greatness that, that has been Pixar in the past. Yeah, so that's us. Three and a half stars each on Monsters University. So thank you very much for listening to Silver Screen Queens. If you want to read Katie's full review of Monsters University, visit her blog, silverscreenqueen.wordpress.com. If you want to find out more about the podcast, go to our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you you can also get in touch with us via Twitter at screen underscore queens or on our Facebook page, we're always happy to get feedback and meet new listeners. So if you want to leave us a message where we'll get back to you and um, we're happy to also take requests on other movies you might like to watch. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Bye. Bye.